Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. Welcome to episode 20, Regular Drews. Hello, welcome to our Nancy Drew Board Games episode. We're so, so excited to be <laughs> sharing this this special content with you today. Yes, we also have some special guests here with us today. Yes. Do you guys want to introduce yourself? Hello, my name's Daniel. Dan, what's your what's your Nancy Drew story? Uh, I I'm not sure if I have one, to be honest. Uh, I knew about Nancy Drew growing up, but it's not something I had ever read. Do you um, remember how you ever like learned about Nancy Drew? Was first in context? Uh, I'm honestly not sure. Just yes, she's just been such a. Of. It's not. Something. It's just a cultural icon that just everybody knows her. Uh, well, it's not. It's not like, quite like that in the UK. Really? No, not not as much. Anyway, I mean. Not sure if we have. Do a, you have like a Nancy Drew figure in UK literature? Is there like a, another young detective? Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Okay. Nancy Drew is a thing yeah. in the UK. I mean, I always say things are coming into the thing and then it turns out. But I do, I mean, I think Nancy is a, a really big American cultural touchstone, oh, yeah. though. And she's definitely branded as being like this American. The all-American girl kind of a character. Mm-hmm. So I can see how it wouldn't necessarily be as popular in another country. Right. Okay, April. Hi, my name is April. I am a childhood friend of both Becky and Corey. And I'm also friends with Daniel, but we are not childhood friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess my Nancy Drew story is, I honestly, I never read Nancy Drew as a kid, uh, even though it's the target audience. Completely bystaffed it. Um, I did boxcar kids, for, boxcar oh, children yeah. for a little bit. That's it. Um, and I actually read my first Nancy Drew book ever this year when uh, Corey gave me a few, and I read the very first Nancy Drew book, the um, the the one the old clock, Secret of the Old Clock, Secret of the Old oh, Clock. Okay. And nice. I just started Shadow Ranch, and that otherwise I, I I've listened to the podcast. I know most about Nancy. I learned more about Nancy Drew from the podcast than I did just from the popular zeitgeist. Yeah. <laughs> How are you enjoying reading them so far? I was feeling, I think I told you guys that I was actually surprised a little bit that some nights I was like, I'm just going to read a chapter two. And I was like, oh, I really want to keep going. But I'm like, I need to go to sleep. I'm the power of Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I can tell she's coming in on the mystery. I got to figure it out. But They also leave you on those cliffhangers. Yes, yeah. very much so. Those like, oh no, what is that? Chapter ends. <laughs> <laughs> And then sometimes the next chapter turns out to have been absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I mean, granted, I have read one and a quarter of Nancy Drew books. Uh, yeah, that seems to be every time. It's <laughs> yeah. The dark figure in the doorway. Oh, it's just Carson coming home early. <laughs> okay. In um, regular Drews, I will say, I don't know if we've said this before, but when we were first getting started, April was nice enough to be our kind of guinea pig first listener so it's kind of exciting yeah to have you as our kind of first special guest on the episode yeah i was helpful in the fact that i didn't know the books so when they had me listen to the first one i said i don't know what the plot of the book is (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think that book didn't know what the plot of the book was though to be fair yeah yeah for some of them but yeah we're glad to have you all here with us today playing these games. Yes. And first up 
on our our list of games to play is the Nancy Drew Mystery Game, which mm-hmm. was released in 1957. Mm-hmm. So this is an old antique game, and honestly, it was very expensive. <laughs> you cannot easily find them. Right. Um, this was about a hundred dollars, and the box is like absolutely falling apart. But the board game is still in pretty good condition. It's a little warped, but it's just. It's beautiful. I mean, it's a pretty board game. It's got like this like great kind of like a almost a sea foamy green background with like all of these different locations painted on it. So just really, really pretty. I'm gonna pull up the other cover here. Does it have a does it have an alternate cover? There is. So it was released <gasps> oh. um, Okay, this was this was released in nineteen fifty seven and then again in nineteen fifty nine and they did a, a different artwork. So uh, I was just pulling up a image of the other artwork that's not on the one that you have here so that we can kind of talk about it. Yeah. Um, but let let us talk about the cover the art cover for it, the, the box bo- or the box art, I guess, because it is absolutely gorgeous. And let me see if I can find it is. That's so it's classic. Nancy one. is in like a red raincoat. It's raining in the background. She's shining this flashlight on the title of the Nancy Drew Mystery Game and this, I guess, you know, kind of haunted house looking in the background. It's like, yeah, that is some of the best, like, um, illustration work that I've seen because it's just so, like, kind of classic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to describe that. We do have a nice, you know, Stratemeyer Syndicate label on there, which is... Mm -hmm. Obviously a nice nod to the time period because the Stratemeyer Syndicate was still around at this point. Yeah, that's amazing. It is honestly just like, so it's one of the old school versions where the instructions are printed on the lid of the box. Mm -hmm. And so this was um, released by Parker Brothers, who I guess HQ was in Salem, Massachusetts at the time, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about like such a massive board game company being headquartered in Salem, which just didn't seem like a, I don't know. Seems now like it wouldn't be such a mecca of board games, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they're still there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But at the very bottom on the box, it says, Questions on the Nancy Drew Mystery Game will be answered gladly if a three-cent stamp is enclosed. And they put their address there. How so, sweet. So cute. <laughs> so, like, mail in your questions to Parker Brothers to have them answer questions on how to play the game. So sweet. Precious. <laughs> oh, that is a cool, that is a cool looking cover, too. So I've pulled up an image here of the 1959 box art for the game, and it's, I mean, generally the same idea for the mm-hmm. image. There's no the no um, like background. It's just Nancy in, in the rain in her raincoat shining a flashlight on the Nancy Drew Mystery Game words. Yeah. I do like y'all's box better because better, it's, it's really striking. I think your box mm-hmm. more than that one. It, um, I do like that It one. feels like the title is more thoughtfully put in with the imagery. Whereas that one's like, we're just going to create a blank space, and that's where the title's going to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, do you want to run us through a little bit of an overview of what the gameplay is and how we win? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, basically we have a board game here, and we are going to be going around the board game and trying to fill up the letters of Nancy next to each location. The goal is to find where Nancy Drew is, and you find where Nancy Drew is by getting all of your tokens on to fill up Nancy, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And there are little cards that you can pick up and different instructions on the different game tiles. It's pretty simple, honestly, in uh, rules that seems very similar to, like, sorry to me, mm-hmm. and that you have to, like, just go around the game board until you can get where you need to go. 
Um, but I'm interested to see what some of the mystery cards say to see if it changes anything up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. There's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if I get to fill out the Nancy on Redgate Farm, that just means that's where she is now. Yes, <laughs> I right. Didn't exactly. Find her at Redgate Farm. I like summoned her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This yes. is a Nancy summoning game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ouija board for Nancy Drew. <laughs> so I will say the different locations on the board game are the Haunted Bridge, Blackwood Hall. Of course, we have the Drew Home. Which honestly, this is a very interesting picture of the Drew Home because mm-hmm. I feel like in quite a few of like the iterations of the Drew home that we've seen, I think in like movies and TV shows mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, it's much more colonial, mm-hmm. um, grander. Cottage. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this seems kind of like a little bit of a farmhouse. Um, a little bit. Yeah. yeah it's red. Which, right. Which is just not the style that I would have pictured it. But anyway, um, <laughs> we also have the old attic from, you know, secret of the old attic, right. the sign of the twisted candles, the moss covered mansion, um, a spider web, but that is, uh, that's basically like jail and Monopoly right. where you get stuck and you have to work your way out. Um, Hollow Oak, Redgate Farm, Tolling Bell, and Moon Lake. So, hey, Moon Lake. Mm-hmm. We finally get a call back to Moon Lake. Yes. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah, so th- those are all the different locations where Nancy could possibly be. Well, aside from Moon Lake. She can't be in Moon Lake. Moon Lake um, adds a little bit of a different gameplay element where you can you have the opportunity to take a detour through uh, or on moon lake bridge so awesome yeah all right regular juice i think we are going to get into this game and then we'll be back afterwards with our review hell yeah one two three four five. Oh, i landed on a star so what happens with the star do you draw a card you pick a mystery card okay, okay. And you do what it says mystery card the search continues place two markers on any two vacant spaces okay so you can choose where you want to put those nancy where are you remove one marker from any location and replace with one of your (laughs) becky wins Hey guys, I found Nancy. She's at the sign of the twisted candles. I nice. tried, guys. I tried. You did. You did a good job. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, that no, was I enjoyed it. And the game that went long fun. enough that like, we actually understood the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it didn't last too long. Yeah. yeah. It looks like it was about maybe half an hour for that round. Okay, so let's, now that we've finished the game, congratulations, Becky, on your win. Thanks. (laughs) Listen, am I a champion? Yes. Yes. But did I need this game to confirm that for me? No. (laughs) And not that it didn't help, you know, but. (laughs) As as one of the Nancy Drew novices, I really felt like um, when we started the game, Corey and Becky were kind of like, it's obviously our birthright for one of us to win. (laughs) They didn't really take me and Daniel seriously, but Daniel did a really good job of holding the line, and and I had me and Corey both had Becky on the straights there for a minute. You know, I wonder <laughs> if a good strategy to the game might be to like form an alliance. Mm, yeah, a bit like you know a Big Brother kind of scenario where it's like okay, like we got to stock up our pieces on these two spots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think that might be the way to go because I think Dan had the right idea in that you need to make sure that spaces are blocked. But clearly, you can't be successful doing that on your do own. That. You it know, also be interesting how it played because it can be played with only two or three players. 
So maybe that strategy works best with one of the numbers too. Mm. Maybe that strategy doesn't work as well as you're only paying with two people versus four. Right. Or maybe it works even better. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. But I mean, I think overall, you know, cute little game. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely doesn't, I mean, it's definitely not, you know, anything super complicated or intense, mm. but I think it was fun, especially considering the fact that this is from the 1950s. Right. It, I can see why kids would have liked this game and wanted to play it. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, it's Parker Brothers, so it's like, of course it's kind of good. It's going to be a solid you know? game. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, like you were saying earlier, like, it's kind of like, sorry, it's a game you can play that doesn't take too long, but you'll right. have fun with, but it's not like Monopoly where it's like, uh, what are you doing tonight? nothing else it's monopoly time <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely could have gone a lot longer than yeah. than it did but there was a good amount of strategy involved that i didn't expect mm-hmm. so it was, it was nice yeah solid board game overall yeah. flashlight scores I, I think i'm gonna give it four flashlights wow. going into it i think it might have been a three but once i started to see how it all came together yeah yeah it, it, it raised itself up a, a, a notch there on the point so what about you well, Dan, you go first. Uh, I agree. I think I'd give it four flashlights. Four? Okay. It was good. I, I had fun. Cool. April? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, and it's not because it, this is... I will say it's just because typically I either play... Um, like, I normally do... Like, I know I'm not the only person this, but I normally play D&D, yeah. and... Also... And then my kind of two favorite games are the games where it's, like, really involved. I'm thinking about it a lot. Or the games where it's kind of like nothing, and I'm just kind of moving through the motions, like like solitaire and mm. stuff like that. Sure. So just because it's not my favorite kind of game, I'm gonna put it at three out of four, a three out of five flashlights. Yeah. Not because I don't. I think I think as I say three, I think it's like it's like a perfectly fine game. If you like the sort of game, it's great. Just not one of my personal favorites. So yeah. it completely bias three <laughs> out of five flashlights. Yeah, I have to say that I agree. I don't know if it's just that my standards for games are like a little bit higher. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think it was a cute game, a fun way to maybe pass half an hour. But yeah. if it started to go on any longer, I would start to get a little bored. You know what I mean? It is a little repetitive. Yeah. You just keep going around the board and knocking people out. And also, I just have high expectations for the other games that hopefully oh, we're yes. going to play. <laughs> um, so I want to save my high scores for things that I feel like really deserve it. That's so, fair. you know, three out of five flashlights. Yeah. So three and a half, I think, is our average. Cool. Yeah. Worth worth a look at. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, regular Drews, let's move on to our second board game of the evening. The one I'm so, so, so excited about. I've been waiting to play this one since the day I got it. I've been so excited. It is Mystery at Magnolia Gardens, the new Hunt a Killer Mystery in a Box game mm-hmm. that was released in September of this year. Mm-hmm. September, I, I told you the date and I already forgot it. I think it. you said September 8th, but very recently. Yes. So this is a a medium level difficulty from Hunt a Killer. I've never played any of their other Mm -hmm. Mystery in a Boxes. Have you? Well, I played their subscription box a little bit, um, but I was not a big fan of it just because I felt like, 
I wanted like answers, you know, and I wanted to know like if I was right or not about like the, you know, the things that I believed about the clues and stuff. Right. But it was just a lot more research that seemed like open ended. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted a conclusion. I wanted a solution. Um, and so I wasn't a big fan of the subscription of Hunt a Killer. Yeah. But I'm very excited to try one of their box ones. Because obviously it's mystery in a box. So right. the solution is there and can be found in reference. So, yeah, I'm really excited to try it and see see what it's like. And this is a one-plus player game. We've got all four of us here again playing this one. Um, this one, I believe, is actually... Well, there is a a Nancy Drew mystery story of the same name, Mystery at Magnolia Gardens, but I have no idea if this one is supposed to be based off that, if it just shares the name, or if it's kind of inspired by that. So that'll be interesting to kind of discover as we play this. Yeah. I'll just read the back of the box really quickly. Um, So, team up with Nancy Drew to solve a thrilling new case. When Nancy Drew begins to investigate a potential poisoning in the botanical garden known as Magnolia Gardens, Nancy herself comes down with the same mysterious illness as the victim. It soon becomes clear to an ailing Nancy that someone at Magnolia Gardens has been using the facility's dangerous plants for nefarious purposes. The guilty party is still on the loose and Nancy needs your help to solve the case before the culprit strikes again. Will you and Nancy Drew be able to unearth the truth? One examine all the evidence Two, eliminate suspects three catch the culprit and it is quoted as being the perfect activity for mystery lovers and aspiring detectives mm-hmm. so i guess we can get into an unboxing here yes oh my, god, oh, my god, oh my god oh my god oh my god i'm so excited okay that just reminds me of a playbill yeah, yeah so we have like a little like a bit of a playbill thing that is the game manual um so we'll read that in a second the solution is here. Oh, yes. The solution. Do not open until you're sure you know who the culprit is. Oh, okay. So to access spoiler-free hints and to receive an exclusive epilogue after you solve the case, go to mystery at magnolia.com. Interesting to know. Just so you know, regular dudes, we are going to be divulging yes. the, the answer to, or the solution to this game. Uh, but we will give you a little bit of a warning in case this is something that you are planning to play yourself. Obviously, this just came out, so I imagine a lot of our fellow detectives really want to play this game so um, we'll give you a little little uh, warning before we actually divulge who the culprit is Corey, go ahead Corey, what's up it starts with a letter <gasps> from nancy drew yes <laughs> do you want to read it to us um okay yes sure so okay. <clears throat> hello there's trouble at magnolia gardens a botanical garden in my hometown of river heights I need your help to get to the bottom of it before anyone gets hurt any worse than they already have been, including myself. Let me explain. Yesterday, I went to visit Magnolia Garden's new exhibit on poisonous plants, Fatal Flora. I've been invited on a personal tour by the garden's director, a family friend named Florence North. When I arrived, Florence invited me into her office for a cup of tea. Okay, I'm sorry. Real quick. My initial assessment, Florence did it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so if Becky ends up right, she's going to be obnoxious about this forever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Moving on. Uh, I knew something was wrong immediately. Her pupils were dilated and she kept scratching at her arms. Okay, maybe I was wrong. (laughs) Maybe I was wrong. She's been poisoned, it sounds like. I asked Florence how she was doing. She told me she'd started to feel ill soon after the Fatal Floor exhibit opened three days earlier. When I pressed her for more information, she said she'd been wondering if she was spending too much time breathing in pollen and spores from the toxic plants in the new exhibit. 
that sounds like it could be logical. Right. Why do you have toxic plants in an exhibit? That well, seems... it's an exhibit on fatal flora. So but like the class are they allowed? To... Is she is she the person taking care of the plants? I, Otherwise, if she's just like it. visiting it, it seems like there should. Basically, I'm saying maybe OSHA should have been called. <laughs> well, it reminds me of the what is that garden in England with all of the um, Kew Gardens? Yeah, yeah, they have all deadly plants. So that's what this reminds me of. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that people who take care of those gardens have to wear like protective gear and stuff when they're handling. Yeah, yeah I mean most of the plants are deadly if you eat them. Right, right, right. <laughs> but anyway, okay. By the time she was done explaining, we'd finished our tea. Okay, it's in the tea, guys. It's obviously in the tea. Um, I offered to clean up the cups. That's when I saw a mysterious pink stain on the bag that held her tea strainer. All right, yes. The pieces fell into place for me in an instant. I asked Florence if she drank this particular tea regularly. She replied she had a cup every morning. Then I asked how many people had access to her office. She responded that she usually kept the door locked when she wasn't inside, but she'd forgotten to close up on the night the Fatal Flora exhibit opened. Florence gasped when she finally realized what I was getting at. Someone must have poisoned her loose leaf tea. I knew that with... Immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that with the culprit still on the loose, there wasn't much time to waste. I had to to start talking to suspects and tracking down clues, and that's exactly what I did. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to solve the case before the poison started to take effect that evening. It affected me more strongly than it did Florence, likely because Florence takes her tea with a heavy pour of milk, and I take mine plain. I'll likely be discharged from the hospital in a few days, but that's not soon enough, not with the poisoner still at large. Since I'm still too sick to close the case myself, I need your help. I've enclosed the evidence I gathered from the gardens and the notes I took. During my preliminary investigation, I was able to narrow it down to five suspects. The rest is in your hands. You need to figure out which of our five suspects poisoned Florence's loose leaf tea on the night the Fatal Flora exhibit opened. As you may already know, you'll need to figure out which suspect had the means, motive, and opportunity to poison her. If you find evidence that any suspect doesn't have either means, motive, or opportunity, you can safely consider them to be innocent. If I were you, I'd start by looking through my case notes and suspect profiles. They should give you some content as you begin to dig into the rest of the evidence. After that, you should look through the rest of the evidence to see what you find. It's up to you. Nancy Drew. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that this is the first ever incidence of Nancy Going not to the taking a case due to health reasons. Uh-huh. Actually taking her health seriously. So I'm glad to step in on her behalf and help with this mystery. All right, I guess let's finish going through the box here. We've got a few other pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. And then what else do we have in here? We've got an image of some plants, like a flower bouquet. Mm. That's pretty. A page of, looks like Florence's notes. A I would like to point checklist. out that when Becky was handed one of the items, she immediately pulled it up to the light to see if there was some <laughs> sort of watermark. <laughs> or, you know, any kind of difference in, you know... Like, maybe there's secret messages of yeah. some kind? Listen, I have played a Hunt a Killer thing before, and there definitely were secret messages in some of the clues Amazing. that they gave. So We have a brochure on what Fatal Flora is. Oh, so cute. A little pamphlet for Magnolia Gardens in River Heights. Lists of all the plants that they have there. And then inside the box, we've got a postcard, Greetings from Magnolia Gardens, and it's got a little 
color-coded secret message on the back. That'll be fun Oh, my God. We've got a few packets of seeds. we got watermelon, carrots, and snow peas. Okay. A sticky note. I'll make their veil seeds. Some sort of little canvas pouch. Should we open it? Yes. It's got a little pink paint swatch on the bag. Or a stain. Or a stain. We've got um, silica gel. Yeah. I wonder if that's part of it. Probably not. It's a tea strainer. Hmm. So this must be the tea strainer that she mentions in the letter because she says in the letter, wherever the letter went. Do you have it? I do. Sorry. She says in the letter that um, that's when I saw a mysterious pink stain on the bag that held her tea strainer. Oh, okay. So that's what that is. And then we do have a little, like, tin box that says Magnolia Gardens on it. It has, like, a sticky note. And then it is locked with a (gasps) three-number combination lock. Fuck yeah. Sounds like we got (laughs) stuff inside here. Um, are, are we going to have to make tea? Because we've got a tea strainer. Are we going to have to, like... Surely not. What's in these packets? Nothing. There's nothing in the seed packets. Yes. So yeah, yeah, but, but Daniel was looking at them. Daniel has a bit of a green thumb and was instantly interested in seeds. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like a real seed packet. Oh. Gives you all packets sorts do of, have that. There's all yeah. sorts of information on the back about, you know, which climate does well in information so i don't know what it is about me that like i immediately go to like who created it who is credited for this or whatever the acker family seed company that's on the back of these i just did a quick glance at the back of this brochure and there are special thanks mm-hmm. and it's got some of our suspect names on it it sure does but it also has carson drew's name oh, on it carson samantha kincaid laura h lethesh lethesh in honor of Felix Gallup Torres. Oh, so she probably passed away. Um, Gertrude Robertson, Lawrence Rolfe, Ezra Streetman, Anna Taylor Wong, and Maxwell Tremblay III. So she suggested that we go through her notes first. Okay. So I think that there was so a note that. sheet here. Well, there's there's all of these. Oh, that. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I imagine that's what these are. Okay. All right. Symptoms. Florence reports the following symptoms. Throbbing headaches, dilated pupils, uncomfortable rashes up her arms, irregular heartbeat, vivid nightmares of being chased through the Magnolia Gardens hedge maze by an unknown assailant. I'm glad we're listing that as a symptom and not just, oh, hey, I had a scary nightmare. (laughs) Perhaps it's one of these other characters. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Florence's office. Florence keeps her office locked whenever she's not inside. She's the only person with the key. I first noticed a strange pink stain on the cloth container that holds her tea strainer. Upon further investigation, I found similar finger-shaped stains all around the area where Florence keeps her tea and on the doorknob to her office. Um, The night of the poisoning. Florence says she always keeps her office door locked, but that she accidentally left it unlocked on the night the fatal flora exhibit opened. That was the only opportunity that the culprit had to poison the tea. Here's what I know about that night. The Fatal Flora exhibit opened three days before my visit on Tuesday night. The opening reception event for the exhibit began at 6.45 p.m. From 7 to 8 p.m., Dr. Latour was scheduled to deliver a lecture on the chemical properties of some of the poisons found in the exhibit's flowers. And a post-lecture reception was held from 8 p.m. to 8.30. Okay. So that's our timeline. We'll have to nail down. Well, or... 
Um, 645 to 7. Oh, okay. Uh, but that gives us a timeline for the night. And right. So we'll have to find who was accounted for and when. Mm-hmm. You know? I imagine it's going to be a little bit like a logic puzzle. April's already taking notes. <laughs> okay. Evidence collected. Interviewed possible suspects took notes. So that must be what's on the back of these suspect cards. Yep. Nancy's mm-hmm. notes from their interviews. Um, took the strainer and stained strainer bag from Florence's office as evidence. We also have that. When Florence came back from the lecture, she found a bouquet and a postcard right outside her office door. So that mm. must be the picture of the bouquet that we got and then this little pink postcard with the paint swatches on the back. Uh, made a sketch of the bouquet and took the postcard as evidence. That's what Nancy says. Asked Florence if any of her employees had gotten into any trouble lately. She gave me a report she'd written about Parker. So Parker's been in trouble recently. Took a map of Magnolia Gardens to guide me around. Kept an eye out for the items that Heather said were stolen from the gift shop. Found the packets and tin in a trash can outside the main building. The tin is locked, but there's definitely something inside. Found a notebook on the ground inside the old greenhouse, which is strange since nobody's supposed to be working there anymore. I took the most recent page since it appears that it to have been written during the week of the poisoning. That must be the page with the notes. Yeah, that must be what that is. Found an interesting looking fax in Dr. Latour's office. Borrowed it. Um, Saw a checklist on a communal refrigerator in the administrative building. Looks like tensions were high between Sherwood and Tara, or Tara, the week the exhibit opened. Borrowed that as well. Missing plants. As I searched Magnolia Gardens for clues, I noticed that some of the garden's plants had recently had cuttings taken from them. I asked Florence about it, and she said that there was no reason that anyone should be taking cuttings from plants on display. I wonder who took all these plants and what their motivations could have possibly been. The following plants have had cuttings taken. Air plant, azalea, bleeding heart, chamomile, jelly bean plant, lily of the valley, oleander, venus flytrap, and wolfsbane. So everyone, all of our suspects, they work for the gardens in some form or fashion. And just as a basic of relationships, Sherwood and Parker, um, Sherwood is Parker's uncle. Okay. Sherwood and Florence were up for the same promotion Mm. before Florence got it. Florence is, according to Oliver, romantically involved, but keeping it quiet. Mm. And Heather does not have a very good relationship with Florence because she says that Florence doesn't seem to like, she just doesn't think Florence respects her as much as the old director did. Mm-hmm. And then so Tara isn't on here, but Tara just also works there and she's like really smart, apparently. She did a lecture. Oh, I did want to point out oh. really quick though. At the top, Tom Swift Company. Oh, nice. <gasps> that is a call out to Tom Swift, who is a. Um, another one of the Stratomire series. Yeah. So, Dr. Sherwood Sanderson, age 46, he's an exhibit curator. Lawrence North is the director of Magnolia Garden, she's 45. Oliver Watley is a horticulturist, and he's 38. And uh, Corey has the other three. Who, wait, who was it that said Florence was in a relationship with someone? Oliver? Oliver said he's in a relationship, but Heather's card actually says that she thinks it's one-sided, um, and because uh, apparently she thought Oliver was waiting for Florence on a night, and she was just mm. like, oh, take a hint, man. Wow. Okay, I'll run through our other three suspect cards here. First, we have Heather Shaw, gift shop manager, age 25. Parker Sanderson, our college intern, age 21. 
and Dr. Tara Latour, research scientist, age 29. Okay. So I think we have a really clear objective, Mm -hmm. and that is we need to make some kind of timeline and cross-reference everyone's witness statements as to where they were, when they were, when they said they were, and try to find any inconsistencies with that. Secondly, we have to figure out what this code means. Thirdly, we have to figure out what this means in relation to the seed packets. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was kind of really great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was really involved. It was very involved. There were multiple mysteries, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Quite a few different kind of plot lines that you have to follow, um, but a really great use of time. Definitely, I, I mean, if we're gonna give a non-spoilery flashlight review, okay, five out of five stars. Yeah, but we also haven't read the ending, right. so maybe when I read the ending, and if it's not who we think it is, I'm gonna be really pissed. <laughs> Gonna have, to, gonna have to reevaluate. Yeah. Gonna have to reevaluate your your flashlight reading. Right, because right. then I would just be like annoyed because it would not. It's a dumb game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. There's a lot of good puzzles. Uh-huh. I enjoyed the the variety of it. Having to put together like physically piece together letters. Having to compare handwriting samples. It was literally like being inside of an answer to your PC game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Putting together the timeline of who was where when. Looking at the map. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Five out of five flashlights. Um, well thought out so far. Assuming so far. Assuming we are right <laughs> in our assessment of who the culprit is. Definitely worth the, is it, was it 45 or $50? Definitely. Well, regardless. For this, it was 20 Oh, my gosh. I paid 20 No, that's probably right. I just don't okay. remember. I was like, I but hope you didn't pay 50 for this. Definitely so. worth the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I was going to say that we got a tip from one of our regular Nancy Drews, one of y'all's friends, was saying that um, to have scrap piece of papers, because they wrote all over theirs and they couldn't reuse it. Mm-hmm. And we definitely used a lot of scrap paper. And you for sure should have that ready because (laughs) there is no way if we'd made all our notes on, like, on the stuff, there's no way we would have been able to reuse this. True. 100%. Or, I mean, honestly, make comprehensive notes. There were so many times that we had to, like, I don't want to spoil which puzzle it is, but we were, like, drawing different shapes and we're like, well, that's not right. Uh, And that's not right. Our (laughs) non-spoily hint for when it comes to paper is perhaps have multiple types of paper about. Mm, Yes. (laughs) Right. Right. So, yeah, unlike the other game that we were playing where you could play that one all day long, once you've solved this one, you've solved it. Right. You know, it's you can replay it, but you already know what's going on. Like the games. Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of the same thing. It's not... It's not like there's multiple different endings or, well, not that we know of so far. We think. But, yeah, no, and this one I think is definitely, like I said, I'm not a regular Nancy Drew yet. Oh, no, you (laughs) are. Everyone is a a regular Nancy Drew who wants to be. Yeah. This one is definitely more of a mystery and a puzzle, whereas I made the joke in the other game that it was more like a summoning game for Nancy, (laughs) because wherever you decide Nancy is basically by being, by winning, is where Nancy is. You're not solving anything. You just, like, put all your, all your eggs in one basket. And so... On that note, okay, we are about to go into the solution here. So if you don't want spoilers, you'll want to skip ahead to about the 50 minute mark.
before you and the solution, do we want to say what our guesses are? Yes. Okay. okay. All right. So where are the, can we see all the people so we yeah. can say what our mysteries we solved for each one and we'll lead it up to the ultimate mystery, the poisoner. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. So first mystery of what was Heather doing? Mm-hmm. She was clearly just trying to do this side hustle of selling plants because she thinks that it would be profitable and good mm-hmm. for the um, gardens in the future to do that. She wants to impress Florence um, because she thinks that Florence doesn't take her or her ideas very seriously, right. but didn't want to cause Florence any harm, had no reason to cause Florence harm. And we think that she was using a pseudonym uh, where she donated all of her proceeds from selling the flowers, which also explains some of the missing cuttings. Mm-hmm. Um, in And she has a credit from Laura in the pamphlet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's just a real, she's just a, a young girl who, who really cares about her job, even though people don't think maybe she would because she's just a quote unquote gift shop girl. Right. Right. Next is Florence, our, our victim here. So I don't know if there's really a mystery around her besides the big one. Yeah, right. she's, she's really poisoned. more of just a witness. Right. She got poisoned. Oliver. Oliver is just a man in love. Yeah, he's in love with Florence so deeply. And fortunately, Florence, it seems, is not as in love with Oliver as he is in love with her um, because um, we believe that he left her the bouquet of flowers outside of her office with a little note like, which is perennial, which was their secret love word. Mm-hmm. But I became very angry because I said it doesn't make sense in a 3D format. It only makes sense in a 2D format. Right. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So the puzzle, the puzzle is um, Nancy has drawn a sketch of this bouquet of flowers and you're supposed to trace from like one flower to another flower. Based on the color matching up with the poster. To make the shape of a letter. But if it's an actual bouquet, which is April's point. How on earth? That's incomprehensible. <laughs> right, that is right. incomprehensible with a 3D bouquet. Right. It only works as a 2D. But that is not Oliver's fault. Right. No. Okay. <laughs> hey, Oliver, I don't think he would hurt Florence. I think no, even yeah. I mean, if she Florence. had rejected him yeah. or something, I still don't think he would have gone to no. that length. And we will say the, the perennial one, because, and I think part of it is because it doesn't look as a 3 <laughs> that is the one that we did have to look at the website for some hints. Mm-hmm. Um, we did figure it out once we had the hints. Um, no spoilers, but we did we did yeah. take some hints for mm-hmm. it. And that's the only one we took the hints for, if, I remember, if I'm recalling correctly. Yes. Correct. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. Our next is Sherwood. Sherwood's allergic to tomato. That's, that's <laughs> basically the mystery that's for him. Yeah. That's the mystery of Sherwood. Um, he kind of clears himself just because doing any of this would have killed him before it hurt right. anyone else. Yes. So. Yeah. so he has such a sensitivity to the poison um, that was used to poison Florence that if he had even touched it, he would have been gone straight to the hospital. I, right. I will say I do think the mystery of why uh, Florence got promoted over Sherwood is pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's nepo- not a super big mystery. Yeah, nepotism and not showing up to the opening of your own curated exhibit. It's <laughs> a little... <laughs> he said he was really busy working, but it's like, okay, sure, Sherwood. So that's so we solved the mystery about why Sherwood didn't get promoted. <laughs> yeah. Let's do Tara next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Tara Mr. Tara is She works hard. She wears her gloves. Yep. Yep. She, she, she had her not. notes stolen from her. She has means, maybe a slight motive and she's that. working on backups for if she needs to for funding. Mm-hmm. Because her 
her research is not going as well as she thought it would. Right. And that's... Oh, my God. Hashtag relatable. (laughs) I'd say the mystery of Tara is that she's... I think it's very applicable maybe to a lot of people who do research where she's like, I'd rather deal with someone with nepotism because that would give me what I need. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe the mystery of why Tara and Florence don't get together, don't like each other very much, is I think she's very science-focused, and as Florence said, she's not a scientist. Right. The mystery of Tara is that she's put up with Parker as long as she has us, I think. Mm-hmm. Also, I just thought this, did Parker drop the samples on purpose? Yeah, I was wondering that as well, no. just so he had to a give reason time. to, like, stay back and not get to go to the thing. Which brings us right. to... Our main suspect, mm-hmm. who we have our narrowed it down culprit. to, is uh, Mr. Parker, our intern, um, who is, you know, apparently, according to Florence, not uh, particularly reliable, doesn't take good care of uh, research samples, doesn't make an effort to improve. She left him Careless. a really nasty, not nasty, but a poor perform, poor performance review, right. which very possible that Parker did not take that super well. Especially because he's expecting a full-time offer upon his graduation. Yeah. Right. And Tara doesn't seem to really like Parker, too. She thinks he's bad help. She thinks that he, you know... I keep making a joke that him and Sherwood are not good about OSHA compliance. <laughs> and um, he doesn't like to wear gloves, meaning that he could have been the one leaving the pink thumbprints everywhere. Everywhere. And he also, um, I think he notes in his statement, can you say it really quick? He says, yeah, a lot of people don't see that in him. So he's talking about his uncle. Just like how they don't see how smart I really am. But they will someday. For both of us. So he's clearly looking to prove himself oh, in yeah. some regard. And we're pretty sure that in that regard is, um, you know, Poison. solving, well, yeah. solving the uh, issue of this experiment, being successful in this experiment in place of Tara so that he can prove himself. And in and order to have the time to complete this experiment, he needs to put Florence out of commission for a couple of months. Make sure she can't cut the experiment short before he can prove that he's the smartest person, this 20-year-old child. (laughs) All right. All right, there's that pretty yellow envelope. Here we go. Let's do it. All right. So this is a letter from Nancy. Okay. Thanks to your analysis, we can make the following conclusions. Parker Sanderson is the culprit. He knew Florence wasn't going to hire him after his internship ended and that his uncle Sherwood had been the other choice for promotion to director. In Parker's mind, if Florence was out of the way, Sherwood would take her place and Sherwood likes Parker enough to hire him despite his poor performance. Parker poisoned Florence to secure a job at Magnolia Gardens under Dr. Sanderson. Parker had access to Dr. Tara Latour's genetically modified tomatoes in the lab. Those samples are full of the chemical solanine, which is also found in nightshade. That's why the poison's effects were similar to the symptoms of nightshade's poisoning. Oh, we- that also, sorry, I was going to point out something we didn't know. That some of the cuttings that were missing, which all the cuttings turned out to be a red herring, yeah. was <laughs> some of the cuttings were in the bouquet that right. Oliver made, in addition to being the bouquets that Heather was secretly selling. Yeah, right. I just want to establish what we know because I think we did a good job. I yeah. think we did a good we job. We did a great job covering all the clues. Yeah. Um, we can tell Parker used the samples because of the pink stains in Florence's office. Dr. Latour's notes say that the samples leave pink stains when handled without gloves. Tara had the same stains on her lab coat, which proves the connection between the stains in Florence's office and the tomatoes in the lab. 
The stains also prove Sherwood wasn't the culprit. Sherwood can't handle Tara's samples without gloves due to his severe allergy. We know the stain was created by a bare-handed culprit, so Sherwood is off the hook. Oliver Watley seemed suspicious at first, since Florence broke his heart. However, the coded message in the bouquet left on her doorstep was perennial, a word that had a strong romantic significance to the two of them. Oliver was still in love with Florence, which suggests he didn't have a motive to poison her. Additionally, the ring inside the tin of the culprit's belongings was from River Heights Garden Society. Oliver doesn't belong to that club, and therefore mm-hmm. doesn't own that but ring. Parker does. Heather Shaw left a sales ledger in the old greenhouse. Deciphering it showed that Heather was stealing plant cuttings and selling them, but her motivations weren't selfish. The name of the donor... Laura H. Lethish is an anagram of Heather Shaw. I was wondering oh. that. I actually thought of that like 10 minutes ago, but we were so busy doing things yes, I forgot okay. to mention because it didn't matter at that point. As Heather was donating her proceeds back to the botanical garden. She was going to reveal her sales to Florence to convince Florence to sell plants at the gift shop. That means that she didn't have any motive to poison Florence. The page also gives Heather an alibi during the time Florence's door was unlocked. Heather was busy at the opening and then making a sale in the greenhouse. She had no opportunity to poison tea. Dr. Latour had a strong motive, thinking Florence would uproot her research project. However, she had no opportunity to poison the tea either. On the night of the opening, Tara gave her lecture and went straight to a call with the Tom Swift company. Oh, we, we did miss that, that detail. We missed that. Um, in a desperate bid to secure funding that could save her research. We did know she was looking for additional funding, yeah. which is why one sense. of the reasons why we didn't think she was going to go to murder or poisoning. Right, right. <laughs> she stayed on the call until after the door was locked again. When I first visited Magnolia Gardens, I never would have guessed there were so many secrets buried just beneath the surface. I'm glad you could help me dig them up. As you can see from the article I've sent, I've passed our findings on to Florence, who, like me, has thankfully made a full recovery, and to the authorities. I hope we get to work together again someday, but let's hope that next time I won't have to get poisoned first. (laughs) Your friend, Nancy Drew. And then we have this little article... Um, it's, uh, it's a very on a very love. yeah pretty paper that says coming soon to Magnolia Gardens blooming friendship and blossoming love an exploration of feelings through flowers. Oh my gosh, are Florence and Oliver getting back together? Well, let's see. Okay, so this article is precocious private eyes put prospective poisoner in his place. Oh, this is us. So we're the precocious private <laughs> eyes. I guess so. Um, River Heights University senior Parker Sanderson has been arrested by local authorities after his confession to the poisoning of Florence North, the head of Magnolia Gardens, and Nancy Drew, beloved local detective. Sanderson, a now former intern at Magnolia Gardens, admitted to placing toxic samples of a genetically modified strain of tomato into North's canister of loose leaf tea, which she kept in her office and habitually drank from each morning. Asked to comment on his nephew's actions, Magnolia Gardens curator Sherwood Sanderson, PhD, expressed surprise and horror and claimed complete ignorance of the plot. Mm. Suspicious. I, I do believe. I think. I, I believe think, it too. I think yeah. he's a little bit oblivious. But I think it could be open to interpretation. I think he assumes the best about his nephew. Evidence of Parker Sanderson's crime first came to the attention of the River Heights Police Department when it received a tip from none other than Nancy Drew herself. Drew, who has since recovered from the ill effects of the poison, fell victim to the younger Sanderson's toxic tincture when she accepted a cup of tea from North during a casual visit to Magnolia Gardens. Drew, who was hospitalized for a short period, called on the help of an anonymous colleague in order to get to the bottom of the case. 
The two worked together to successfully unearth the identity of the culprit, whereupon Drew turned over Parker Sanderson's name to local authorities. Upon hearing Drew's explanation, RHPD officers took Parker Sanderson in for questioning and obtained his tearful confession within the hour. The guy started trembling like a leaf in a tornado as soon as we started talking to him. It didn't take long before he was telling us everything, said the arresting officer when he asked to comment. I don't think he realized how serious his actions were until the consequences came knocking at his door. Tara Latour, PhD, Parker Sanderson's direct supervisor and creator of the tomato strain used in the crime, noted that she was ashamed that Parker Sanderson formed such a sinister scheme using her research and stated that she can't believe Parker used my samples for evil. Latour went on to clarify that the tomato strain is still in its research and development stage and will only be made available to the public once it is completely safe to consume. One Magnolia Gardens employee, Heather Shaw, reflected on the revelation with surprise. Parker never seemed like the type of total creep that would literally, like, poison someone just because he was mad about getting a bad grade or whatever, Shaw said. I guess it just goes to show you that everybody's got weird secrets and stuff. North herself, like Drew, made a full medical recovery at this time. I'm still very shaken up by what's happened, and I'll be taking some time off work and staying with a close friend to decompress, North said in a statement to the press. After that, though, I'll be returning to my position as director of Magnolia Gardens. At the end of the day, it's where I belong, and I'll always be grateful to Nancy Drew and her fellow detective for making it safe for me again. Hooray! Oliver and Florence are 100% going to nothing like a brush with death to remind you that you love someone. (laughs) I will say, I do think the one thing we gave Parker a little too much credit is it was less about how How I'll show them... I'm going to solve this whole mystery by myself with the tomatoes and more like, I'll show them. I want a job. I'm going to get the job because I'm going to get her out of the way and then I'm just going to get through nepotism. <laughs> that, yes, true. Makes so, you settle too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think we gave him, we made him a little, okay. a little bit more like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say egotistical in a different way than he was egotistical. <laughs> right, right. Okay. okay. Regular Drews, thank you for coming along with us on, on board game nine. Well, do we, should we give, well, I guess we shouldn't give an updated flashlight score. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, I thought we already did. We did, a flashlight, we did a flashlight score, score before we were sure we were correct. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, let's do an updated flashlight score then. I mean, five out of five. five solid, of five. Yeah. solid, very fun, very mm-hmm. cute, very entertaining, good, good solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely five out of five flashlights. Yes, I agree. It was, um, well, I, I, like I said, I've never played any of the other Hunter Killers before, but it did seem like the way that they made this, it didn't just seem like a generic mystery at a box. It mm-hmm. did feel like a Nancy Drew mystery. Definitely. So, definitely had those great elements. And it does make me very interested to play other Hunter Killer boxes like this, because yes. I feel like that's going to be super fun. Have they done a Hardy Boys one yet? Because I know no, y'all are team Hardy I'm Boys. Sure that's coming mm-hmm. soon. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing, too. Oh, I know. Maybe they would do a Hardy Boy Nancy Drew box. Oh. Just team up together and do a super mystery box. Super mystery box. I like that. <laughs> as long as it takes place in uh, South Potter. South Potter. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, April, for being here, playing the game with us. Yes, we lost Daniel between. Even though Dan had to retire. <laughs> yeah, he fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. Okay, regular juice. We have another board game that we're going to start to play here. This one is called Nancy Drew Collector, published by Outset Media. 
Mm-hmm. I'd only vaguely ever heard of this one, and I always just assumed it was kind of silly. Right. Um, because I, I was like, oh, who wants to play a game about collecting? Nancy Drew is like, mm-hmm. are you just going to have to, like, go through a deck and try to get certain cards? Like, that right. sounds boring. <laughs> but after reading the instructions, I don't know, it seems kind of interesting. Like, a combination of Clue and... Gosh, I don't know what else. Guess who, maybe? Yeah, yeah, guess who. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I initially thought it was going to be more like Go Fish, where you're collecting different versions of the same book, but right. that that's not the case. And I thought it was going to be like, you have to have advanced knowledge of all of these stories in order <laughs> to play. And I was like, oh, that's daunting. But yeah, it, it seems like all the information that you would need to know about Nancy Drew, even if you've never read a Nancy Drew book, it, it's there on the card. So if you're playing with other people that aren't as familiar, it's right. still going to be fine and fun for anyone who wants to play. Right. Um, so, the yeah, so um, the object of the game is to reveal the target books of your competitors before they figure out your own target books. And you can only ask each other yes or no questions about the kinds of card uh, that you have or that you're, that you're after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the premise is that we are Nancy Drew collectors going to an auction and trying to figure out the other people at the auction. Are they there for the same book as us, right? Uh, yeah, roughly. Yeah, yeah. roughly so. Um, so there are different book cards that feature all, uh, or not all of them, but many different Nancy Drew books, and they each have little um, descriptors of like um, what is in the book or what right. the book is Type about. Type of mystery, yeah. right? Um, and so we have a little uh, score sheet here that lists them all, and essentially you mark off on your score sheet when you determine after asking a competitor a question. Uh, you mark it off if you determine, like, yes, you're looking for a book from the 1930s, or uh, no, your book is not about jewelry or not illustrated by Rudy Nappy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's generally it. And the first player to collect three collector cards from other players wins the game. Okay. Okay. I think you most recently read an Instagram book. If you yes, I think yeah. so. I think so. Okay. So I guess I will ask you... Um, was your, uh, the book you're after illustrated by Rudy Nappy? It was not. It was not. Bummer. Um, do you have Besties Bess and George in yours? Mm. I do not. Okay. Is yours a ghost story? It is a ghost story. Ooh, uh, okay, okay. So then I can follow up and ask if it's a specific book. Yeah, so, a ghost story. Let's see, which ones are ghost stories? Uh, uh, is it the Clue of the Trapping Hills? It is. Shut up. It is. <laughs> I did not expect you to get in the first guess. I did not either. That was awesome. Okay, let's see. That might be the only secret of this and George that I see. So I think that is is Secret of the Golden Pavilion. It is, and I think that means I win. Yeah, very good. Okay, Uh, it's a cute little game. It is, yeah. It's it's kind of easy. I feel like you could probably play this with someone quite young. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like if we had more people playing, I think this is a two to four person player game. I feel mm-hmm. like if we had more people, there would have been a little bit more strategy or yeah. um, narrowing down to do because we would have been able to like hear other people's answers and mark that off on our list right. and stuff like right. that. But yeah, it was a little little easy, quick for, yeah. for one round for this. Yeah. But the way it's set up, you could 
keep doing this all day and switch out your books. So yeah. It's also, yeah, really fun to just get to see. So on the back of each of these cards, they have a little, like, snippet about the book, about what the book is about. And so it's just fun to just see all of these different Nancy Drew books and remember them and look at the beautiful covers. And, yeah, yeah. it's a nice way to spend a little bit of time. Yeah, I like how it gives you all the, the detail and the artists and everything. You get to appreciate the covers, yeah. So sure what flashlight store would you give it, Corey? I think I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah? It was fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the concept of, of it a lot. Not as not as much strategy as I thought there was going to be right. in it. Although yeah. I think you could make it more difficult if you tried. Well, so because we're only playing with two players, we didn't get to use the, um, what are they called, the hypothesis cards. Mm-hmm. Where you can um, block so, someone up yeah. making a guess. I bet that would complicate the gameplay a little bit. And yeah, mm-hmm. having more people would force you to apply more logic because then you would have to start comparing like what cards like what um identifiers some person has versus another and what mm. cards are actually laying out on the table right um whereas when it's two people it's really just kind of a, a straightforward guessing game is it this one is it this one right yeah because the way i have it on my score sheet here eventually i should have been able to go like okay well if we don't have Bess and george then i'm gonna look Okay, well, I'm going to narrow it down to these and then make a right. note of those and then try so, to guess from there, but didn't really get on to, to that. So so what I did, and I don't know if this would be a successful strategy for a lot, but so the card that I happened to pick the second time, the collector card that I happened to pick the second time, I don't remember what it said, but it overlapped with the, the book that I had picked before. Oh, really? So I just picked the same book the second time. Really? For a different characteristic, because I was like, there's no way she would pick that one twice. Right. <laughs> I didn't even think about that being a possibility, but there's nothing stopping. Right. You know? Yeah. So the first one, well, because the first one was I had to pick one with a mystery and title. Oh, and the second one is I had to pick something with a boat in it. And uh, Mystery of the Swilling Bell is it's both. Is both. Yeah. So I just picked it twice. That was clever. Mm. That was that was sneaky. I like that. Yeah. And then also I could look at a different spot on the on the card thing. But really all I'm doing is copying the same characteristics down so I could throw you off right. by, like, if you, if you noticed where I was looking. I didn't try to look, but... I'm sorry, honest yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, but so I would also... I would I think I'd give it a four because okay. I can definitely see the potential of it. And I do think it would be a lot more fun with more people. Yeah. And probably if you were a little drunk, I feel like this game would probably be fun if you're a little sauce. Makes it a little harder. A yeah. little harder, a little bit harder to focus. And it's just... I mean, it's just a fun, easy game, you know? But also, I am a big, big Clue fan. So you give me a score sheet and I'm like... Oh, yeah. I'm oh, there. Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I like the I like the structure of it. Yeah. Alrighty. So unfortunately April did have to go home, which is why she wasn't able to play the third game with us. But before she left, she was nice enough to sign us out. So um we'll just go ahead and say thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time, regular Drews. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate review and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regular Nancy Drew and Twitter at regular MD. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $1 level receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. To all you regular Drews out there, thanks for listening. <laughs>